Welcome back to 4 Geeks by Geeks, the place where geeks come to geek out. And this is the first session of a brand new campaign. We are so excited. Oh my god, I am overwhelmed. I am nervous. I am here for it. But I'm excited most of all because I get to do this new thing in a new role as your game master uh, with some new people. So, if this is your first time, thank you for joining us. This is the very first episode of a brand new campaign, and we are playing Fate Core System. And I'll break down that a little bit and how it's different from D&D. Uh, but first, I want you guys to get to know some of our brand new faces and reestablish some of our existing faces. So, please, uh, let's say hello to one of our brand new faces. You might recognize her from a previous Geek Out sesh or just somebody we talk about a lot because we love her. Hi, Britt. Hi. Uh, tell us a little um, bit about I'm yourself Brit. and where you're from. I'm Britt, um, and I'm from Let's Get Rollin', uh, one six of Let's Get Rollin', I guess. Um, and we play super cool TTRPGs and D&D over on our channel. And yeah. Awesome. <laughs> And moving down the line. Hey, everybody. I'm Joshua Kahn. Uh, you might recognize me from Dairy Public Radio, bi-weekly Stephen King Book Club podcast. I'm super excited to be here and, and play this game with you. I'm a big tabletop role-playing game fan. And when you guys put out the casting call, I was just like, it's, it's kismet. Let's do this. So I'm really excited to be here. We're so excited to have you. Thank you for being here and putting up with our shit. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> moving down the line. Uh Oh yeah, and I'm Austin. Um, I'm Birdsuck on all of the social media platforms. Um, I'm uh, an artist, independent, but I also am working with uh, Cantina Thirteen. Um, mostly, what we do is just make like homebrew content and like fun uh, uh, parodies and stuff. Just nerds talking to nerds for nerds with nerds by geeks for geeks, <laughs> uh, all that fun stuff. Um, but yeah, no, uh, that's that's pretty much about. It for me. I've never played this game before, but I'm always a DM, so I just jumped at the opportunity to, you know, have the other side of the table. For nerds by geeks sounds like my mom trying to describe my channel. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for being here, Austin. We've been a big fan. We had a geek out session with you. You designed that amazing community T-shirt. Go buy it in the in the merch store because Austin gets a cut. And thank you. Hi, Lucas. Welcome back. Hi, um, you know, I'm just gonna be dwarfed by uh, our new amazing cast, so it's it. You guys won't notice when I'm gone for like six months at a time. It, it'll be okay. <laughs> and our uh, ever-loving T. I'm T. I'm here because of nepotism. <laughs> yeah, but none of your titles matter here, okay? Bullshit. None of them. None of your titles matter. I here. will burn this place to the ground. You're no longer my dad. You can't burn this place to the ground because I'm not burn this place dad. to the ground. You're not my dad. Sorry. Got a new daddy. <laughs> Don't fill his ego. Ayo. Well, oh, so I really need you to put Prince up because that's a lot of empty space. Ayo. If you haven't clicked away yet, thank you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> There's still time. <laughs> You've got plenty of opportunity and we will force you as much as we can. Uh, but we are playing a game called Fate Core. It's a Fate Core system. It's a different TTRPG. We just finished a City of Mist campaign, and before that we were playing a lot of D&D, but we wanted to highlight a lot of these great TTRPGs that maybe don't get a lot of the love. 
you don't recognize or if you don't want to get into the rules heavy D&D process there's a lot of different options so we wanted to start a brand new campaign with a brand new core system and for those that aren't familiar with Fate Core, it's a rules light system where you, the most die you ever roll is four, and you will always roll four. And you might notice they look a little different. Instead of d20s, they have pluses, minuses, and blanks on them. An equal number of rolling each. Pluses mean a one, minuses mean a negative one, and blanks mean zero. So with some modifiers that come in your skills you might roll a perception check and based on what you get either it's a a positive shift or a negative shift shifts are the number of successes above the dc or below the dc um but the really cool thing about it is it's really rules light it's it's focuses on the narrative so those who are looking for more of a role play kind of scenario like we were for this campaign you might love Fate Core, so stick around, see if you like it. Um, one of the really cool things are aspects that you will find that we're invoking quite often throughout the game. If you watched our City of Mist campaign, it's a little similar to Power Tags, where you might use those to kind of give your action a boost. But in Fate Core, aspects are more like personality bits that are true to your character that you might be able to invoke if it's justifiable in that moment. Uh for either a plus two to your roll or the ability to re-roll your roll and you could do so even after your first roll if you didn't like it you could think oh you know what i'm going to invoke that aspect um but me as the gm i can also compel your aspect as a way of adding a fun complication to your story or um just to make the narrative a little more interesting based on your background um but to invoke your aspect or compel your aspect you will find we're using fate points um, each of the players starts with a uh, three fate points in their disposal and to invoke an aspect they have to pay me a fate point but when i compel an aspect i get to pay you back a fate point so there's a really cool fate point economy that as long as we're all using it it keeps the story interesting um, i've got little jars here for each of the characters um, to so i can keep track of how many fate points you have uh, if you start, all you guys, uh, all the players, if you start or end the campaign with, not campaign, the session, with more than three, then next session you'll begin with that number. But if you end with less than three, then your refresh will take you back to three every time. Cool, cool. So yep. use those fate points. Use them. Please use them. <laughs> um, you will gain a lot more of the rules throughout the game. So please, if you have any questions about Fate Core, drop them in the comments below or in the chat here on Twitch. Uh, oh, by the way, we're streaming on Twitch. Hi, welcome. Unless you're watching on YouTube or listening back on podcast, but you can always come hang out with us, the cast in the chat, while we air these on Thursday nights, Eastern Standard Time at 8 p.m. Uh, yeah, I'm excited. I'm I'm feeling a little chaotic because this is my first time as a GM, and. I've got shit all around me that I'm like keeping track of things. My book, I made Except little. Except above your right shoulder. Say what? Except above your right shoulder. Yeah, I have nothing there. I need something <laughs> there. It's so I'll send empty. you a poster of me. Okay. That's see, I, I no, not just a poster. I want one of like the big head ones. Yeah. Oh, Life size. Caricatures. Yeah. Yes. I think you just need to get a technical difficulties uh, poster. 
That's also a great idea. Just <laughs> paint the wall like a giant technical oh. difficulties. Or a, or a giant uh, clock. Oh yeah, first redail <laughs> the guy that came first derailment of the the campaign. And first of many. Uh, so you'll gain a lot of the the rules as we go, uh, and we will kind of be learning the rules a little bit because we've never actually played this as a group. Some of you, right, like Josh and Austin, have played this for a minute. Not Austin, just Josh. Yeah, just me. Oh god, I just read the rules more than the other three people. No. <laughs> there's I, there's rules. I no. asked. I was like, hey. 20 minutes before we're supposed to play. Hey, is there like a book I can read through? <laughs> <laughs> nope, not anymore. Um, so we'll be figuring this out. Bear with us. If, if you are a big Fate Core fan, uh, go ahead and rules lawyer in the comments. I might ignore them anyway, but you're here for us and we're here for you. Guys, are you ready to jump into this brand new campaign? Terrified. Let's do it. You're not more no, terrified I'm okay. than I am. <laughs> All right. Have a good night. <laughs> this is fun. Thanks for hanging out. All right. <clears throat> As we begin this brand new campaign, it takes place in the the crown city of Aurora, high atop a tower uh, above the entire planet. Because 150 years ago, there was a cataclysmic event that forced humanity into the clouds. Uh, the goddess Octaris was trying to cleanse the planet of all the evil, and the chosen few were granted passage into the clouds. Uh, by way of King William Dumas 150 years ago. And since then, humanity has not only been sustained, but been able to thrive, creating a brand new way of life on these towering cities. They dot the nation and the country, but the capital city of Aurora is where the current royalty and the current throne sits. Uh, you find yourselves having been born and raised in this environment uh, where society is thriving. Uh, there is peace and humanity, but where there's peace and humanity, there's always discord and chaos. Uh, as much as the throne and the authorities that be try to quell it and keep things calm and uh, well for the rest of the tenants. Uh, one of the greatest factors of humanity's survival is a little thing called Zodicium. Uh, Zodicium is a blessing given by the goddess Octaris that even though humanity was forced from the planet because this essence was uh, terraforming the earth at a rapid rate and making it uninhabitable for the rest of civilization, Above the clouds in the water vapor, that same essence could be distilled and used in a widely versatile way. So now humanity is not only using Zodicium, that commonly is known as X, uh, to power entire cities and engines, but it's also got curative 
uh, potential and within some aspects of humanity even grants supernatural abilities when used in the right way. Um, when used in maybe its raw form or an incorrect way, it can be lethal and fatal. So there is a high regulation of X in Aurora and throughout the rest of the cities uh, in the clouds and the government tracks it quite well. You find yourselves on this day, on the 150th, the sesquicentennial anniversary of the Great Refining, when humanity moved itself in the clouds, and Octaris, with her light and her love, blessed you with this gift of Zodicium. It is a massive citywide holiday. Nobody's at work. Everybody is celebrating. Um, and... The parade is going to begin in uh, in a short while. But let's highlight, let's find ourselves in a little garage in the... I've got my notes because I can't remember the things that I came up with. <laughs> uh, in the Prism Square, which is more of like the Merchant District, there is a little auto shop, a mechanic shop that's surrounded by high-rises, other taller buildings. But this one has been around almost since the Great Refining, uh, passed down from generation to generation, and this cute little shop surrounded by taller places. Uh, so, Catherine, Kit as you will, uh, what are you doing? And describe your character a little bit for us. Um, so Catherine is a young adult, probably around 25-ish. She's got curly, curly, curly red hair and very starring blue eyes. Um, pretty much, you know, I don't know. Uh, she's very, like, lanky and, like, trips over herself a lot and just, you know, is just very unaware of you know of herself i don't know of herself like pretty a puppy much dog tripping over its ears and its big feet yeah she's pretty much just like gallivanting around um <laughs> but she's probably got her head head first into um the like the front of a car or underneath a car you know tinkering around with it doing her work cuz most days she's up and out of the house early trying to get work done so um I bet, like, if someone were to walk up, they'd see her head first into a car. Oh. And in fact, somebody does walk up. Uh, your little Nan, Carol, but you affectionately know her as Nan, who uh, lives with you here in the shop with your apartment above. <clears throat> you you might overhear her come in and trip over a wrench. Uh, <clears throat> Kit, darling. Are yeah, you still working yeah. on that thing? Uh, yeah, Gnan. Um, I got about six more to do before the end of the day. Um, and this one's giving me a lot of trouble. Um, I'm not really sure how... I don't know. I'm not going to bother you down with the... with the. What do you need, Nan? Now, now, you know what day it is. And you and... promised you'd go to the parade with me. 
I'm just gonna look at her watch. Give me 15 minutes. All right, I'm gonna make you a sandwich. In 15 minutes, that thing better be gobbled up and we're going to go. Cut the crust off. Don't I always? <laughs> and she leans down as, as much as she can. Oh, and just like kisses your knee because your head's in the underneath the car. <laughs> How short is this woman? It's so cute. <laughs> <laughs> um, she, she, I imagine Nan in um, a blouse with a button, but the top couple are undone. She's cute, but seen some shit. Um, maybe wiry gray hair with it up in a in a bun. Um, a mm -hmm. couple strands framing her Man, face. She sounds pretty hot. She's got big old glasses about this big. Oh, of my brain just thinks of the grandma and SpongeBob. Description <laughs> <laughs> of that lady is the grandma from SpongeBob. She's completely round. Yeah, she is a ball. <laughs> and, yeah, the, and she's the, not the even SpongeBob's grandmother. The, the fish old lady, where she's like, oh, <laughs> oh my god. And and she's got uh, jean overalls. I don't know what. With a rag in the back pocket, not for herself, but always to wipe like your face or um, oh God. her son's Get face. Some schmutz. Your dad's face <laughs> or uh, her late husband's face. Rest his soul. Stop it. Um, so she just gives you a little kiss on the knee and says, for light and love, it's Octaurus Day. It's the great refining. Yep. <laughs> I'll be in the kitchen. And uh. as she stands up, there's an envelope that uh, kind of falls out of her back pocket and right by your foot. And she takes herself into the kitchen. Um, I probably don't notice it at first, but like when I shift my foot, I probably like rush it to the side and hear it like scrape across the pavement so <clears throat> kit takes off her goggles and wipes her hands and picks the envelope up does it say anything on the outside um on the front it says nothing but on the back it's sealed with a, a golden wax seal with a very elaborate flourishy g Don't know um, how you become the main character of the story. Kit's unsure if she should open it. I think she's going to wrestle with not being nosy because she's gotten in trouble for it one too many times by Nan. But also very curious because what is this? Like, what is she hiding it? Is, she, is it just something she was bringing to me? Is it... Um, and I think her curiosity is going to get the best of She's going to try to open it without ruining the seal, but you know she's going to. Okay, so you probably, like, grab a, a tool like some Like a little, like, something to try to unlatch the, the wax. Um, go ahead and let's do our first roll of the campaign. Okay. No um, pressure. Ooh. You'll find... <laughs> Those watching at home or listening at home, you'll find that some of these um, 
are reminiscent of roles that you might do in D&D, and some of them are specific to fate. Um, we have updated a few of the terminology that they give us in fate to feel more like a D&D role, just, just to kind of take the divide between those who aren't familiar with fate and D&D. Um, so go ahead and roll... Uh, let's do crafting. Because Ooh, with, your, okay. with your hands. Okay. Can't wait that to argue sense. these all the time. Four. <laughs> you rolled a four. Um, so with a four, you deftly take a like an exacto blade, and because you're so good at your hands and you've been working with tools and um, cars and machines with your father and your paps uh, for your, the entirety of your life. Um, you crack it and you don't even leave a bit of the wax behind. <laughs> if you wanted to, you could even, you know that you could even heat it up a little bit and reseal it. Um, so this flips open and there is a note inside. Okay. Um, I'm going to open it. First of all, I'm going to make sure my hands are very, very clean. So if I'm going to slip this back into, like, I never read it. Mm -hmm. Um... I'm going to make sure my hands are very clean so I don't leave fingerprints everywhere. Um, and then I'm going to like open it and read the first sentence. So like, you know, I could pretend like I didn't read it. If it's like, here's your results from your doctor's appointment. You know, you know what I mean? Sure. <laughs> um, um, so, so you pull out this note. <laughs> Just the first word, answer. Oh, damn it. <laughs> Sorry about your test results. That's a terrible opening. Who <laughs> wrote this? Sorry, go on. So you open it, and at the top, in kind of fancy handwriting, it says, um, Miss Carol Pfeiffer. And the rest of the note reads, uh, We believe that your son, remind me of his name, Tobias. Tobias uh, has absconded with something that belongs to us. Oh. We would like to speak with you. Uh, meet an associate of ours at the Hammered Glass tonight at 7 p.m. Should you choose not to, consequences will play out as they will. And tucked inside the envelope you also find a small little photograph of you kit taken from afar as you are you exited the shop one day and were looking crossing the street for traffic and without your knowledge this small photo was taken at the bottom of it of the note reads the gold family I had an innate urge to murder all of them. <laughs> Ooh. Jeez. Um, so it looks like my Nan has not opened this letter at all. She hasn't read it yet, correct? Correct. Okay, so I'm going to pretend... Well, I'm not going to give it to her. Um, I'm going to... Like, if she comes looking for it, I'm going to play dumb. 
We're playing tourist here. Never saw it. Um, and I'm going to, I guess, go meet them. Then why would I send my nan? Like, my, f you saw her break like a twig. <laughs> She's so cute. Like her spongy properties would probably like help with <laughs> the blows. SpongeBob is unbeatable. Oh, yeah, I forgot like, we were in SpongeBob. Just... I just thought you called in a woman spongy. Yeah, she's just spongy. She's a spongy lady, <laughs> I guess. That's that's a description for sure. <laughs> Can we add that aspect to Carol? That skin is looking awfully yeah, spongy, ma'am. Yeah, Carol is absorbent. Now an aspect of spongy. Feel free to invoke that as you will. You're all welcome. Uh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> so then, what what do you um, do with the note? Um, I'm just gonna slip it, you know in my coat pocket and well inner coat pocket like so i'm not gonna what happened to nan isn't gonna happen to me like dip it in there look at my watch and i guess go like get washed up for this festival that my to go to appease her um per se and then lock up the shop and then head up the stairs to the apartment perfect and just as you head up the stairs you hear her calling from the kitchen Kitten, the sandwich is ready. All right, Nan, I'll be in. Did you say kitten? <laughs> I love that. Oh my goodness. Uh, hey, uh, if if it's all right with you two, like I don't need to play. I'll just <laughs> I'll just make commentary. <laughs> Watch Kit and her grandma, na her Nan, just exist. Yeah. Uh, okay, so imagine the camera pans away. Uh, away from the small shop and taller buildings surrounding it. And as you pan out, you see that this city of Aurora is a shining example of architecture and uh, engineering. It's got smaller, cute little uh, shops that you can see. It's, it's got taller buildings. It's got a, a railway that circles around through the city. You see cars but not in the same way that we might imagine cars they they kind of have a retro futuristic uh aesthetic to them and all of them have kind of an underglow of of a glowing bluish purplish light um that you see people all around some are smiling some are having good days some are having bad days but as you as the camera pans up you see this massive shining uh castle with towers and pillars within it and all shining gold and above here in the clouds you see it just catches the bright sunlight and it's glittering and beautiful uh and illustrious in every sense of the word but we're not headed in that direction <laughs> we're headed uh to the maybe the lower levels of the tower um away from the castle where we might find a man named Sirkin Sirocco so on this 150th anniversary of the great refining uh where might we find Sirkin right now Sirkin uh, being somebody who has some um association with authority around here. Sirkin carries himself 
in a way that um, shows he is he feels he is above the people he is around. So he is uh, nose in the air, walking his way through these streets. And while there are different economic levels in these lower areas, no one is as impeccably dressed as Sirkin. He wears a clean red suit with a black shirt and a black tie, and he just always looks pristine when he's walking through. And he's uh, he's making his way through, looking through all the uh, the booths that have been set up for the festival, and uh, and kind of keeping an eye on things and taking in if there's anything interesting. He likes to collect like rare books. Because he fancies himself as an educated man, so mm. he's always looking for rare things. Uh, but he's also uh, not uh, above buying something um, that he feels he can use in his uh, other line of work for uh, not the purpose it was made for. If that makes sense. Interesting. He he likes to to create. As he's shopping for trinkets and things like that. Mostly things that have sharp edges or uh, sharp points. Okay. And uh, do you want to tell us your other line of work? or do you? Want yes. Sirkin uh, is a master interrogator. So he is uh, he's an expert in torture. You uh, want information from someone. He is the person that you call in. Put him in uh, the room with someone and you get the information you wanted. Everybody wins. All right, and so we find you in a in a bookshop. Yeah, all right. Where I'm making my my way through and uh, uh, for new, um, I, I need a new anatomy book. Sirkin needs a new study of of anatomy. Working working some uh, some fine tuned areas. Perfect. Okay, so uh, outside the bookshop, it's. There's masses of people, far more than normal, because nobody's at work. Everybody's excited. Uh, the kids are out of school. Everyone's having a great time. And you exit the hustle and bustle into this quiet little bookshop um, in the Prism Square, the Merchant District. Um, and there's a little bell that goes off gling, gling, as you enter. Um, and you look up and you see this bespeckled man at the front desk and he he was reading a book but he looks up and kind of looks over his glasses at you oh come on in come on in hmm slow day inside it looks like well who would want to find themselves in a bookshop with all of the excitement outside <clears throat> people underestimate the joys you can find in the pages of a book am i right oh a fanatic himself. Mm. Oh, is there something well, uh, specific you were looking for? As a matter of fact, um, I've I've become fascinated recently with the human brain. I'm not sure if you know this, but uh, there there are no pain receptors in the brain, and so I um feel like something doesn't sit well with me there. I just like to find some more information. <laughs> right, right, and uh... so he sort of does not break eye contact with this old man. Just stares deeply into his eyes. God, <laughs> just takes his glasses off and he he like tucks them in his collar. 
Uh, well, uh, <clears throat> you want to go down that aisle. There's the nonfiction, uh, the scientific section. I believe you might find something there. Uh, we're not a library, of course. We don't have everything, but in my travels between the cities, I, I pick up what I can, and you might <clears throat> find what you're looking for. A pleasure. Mm -hmm. And he turns and he heads down that section. I can, like, hear the strings, like, just like... <laughs> <laughs> I should, I also uh, will mention that uh, Sirkin does not have a, a specific eye color. His eyes uh, actually have that um, oil slick shimmer about them, because they, which is a side effect of um, some uh, some chemicals he's put in his eyes in the past. Mm, interesting. So he's also very. It's he loves to hold hard eye contact, but it is probably very uncomfortable for the other person. I felt that at a deep level. <laughs> So then you head down the aisle, and um, mm. would you go ahead and roll me a perception check? Absolutely. All right, uh, fair, so I have a plus two. Um, two blanks, a plus and a minus, so two. All right, well, with ease, you travel down these stacks of books. Uh, you pass a cart with some of them yet to be put away, but that's going to be saved for a later day. Uh, and you come across these massive wooden uh, shelves. Well, not massive because the ceilings aren't that high. Um, but you find a, a little label that says scientific on it and uh, scientific in medicine. And as you're running your fingers across the books, you find one that uh, is labeled the anatomy of the brain. Perfect. Neurology, neuroscience. <laughs> Mm -hmm, uh, Sirkin uh, <laughs> takes that off, uh, and as he's holding it, he he also just looks for whatever, based on appearance alone, it looks like the oldest or uh, most sophisticated looking book. And he also Stop. grabs that and, and buys that with. Does not even look at what it is. Okay, just, it's part of it's part of his aesthetic. Yeah. So you just grab encyclopedia one encyclopedia of cute ponies, but it's just yeah, it like... could be. For, for all, just says for lobotomy all on the side. It just looks <laughs> just takes like the binding looks like you know first edition. Like it, maybe it's something that looks old world, and mm. like you know they don't make books old world style anymore. Sure. So you know that that kind of thing. Yeah, and you so find he... some with with a little bit of a filigree, a golden filigree on the binding, with those the little straps, um, even one that. A one leather strap that goes right in the middle. Mm. There um, we go. Yeah. He so yeah, he scoops that, that up too. and mm -hmm. he he puts that over the anatomy book, the neurology book. Nice. Mm -hmm. And so then you take that back to the front desk. Take it back up to the desk. And he sets it down. Uh, did you find what you're looking for? Everything and more. Uh, well, and he picks up the the beautiful book, like. Oh, and he he kind of flips it aside and sees the brain, the mind one there. I'm like, oh, okay, and and studies the really nice one. Like, oh, I forgot I had this. This was quite the find. There's a story here. 
Do tell. As he's like, do you want to know? (laughs) His face shows no interest in the story (laughs) and holds until it's uncomfortable. Go on. Well, in in my younger years, I I took a sky ship uh, to the other side of the country and visited one of the cities there. Beautiful city. Uh, I'm told that it's, it's near the sea. Of course, you can't see the, past the cloudscape anymore, but uh, I, I found this hidden away. It, it wasn't in a bookshop. It was uh, It was more in, in a... Uh, what do you call it now? Uh, bows are making shit up on the spot. Uh, it was tucked away in, in a bit of a, a cafe, and it was just lying on, on a table, on a unaware of anything else and I was eating and I let it sit there for a while because of course somebody's going to come back for it but I sat there for a number of hours in fact and nobody did Uh, so of course I scooped it up and didn't pay a penny for it Uh, but this title inside and he he opens up the front because even there's no there's no even title on the front but Inside, in handwritten, it's not print, this entire book is written by hand, and it's a thick book. Uh, And it's just labeled, My Journeys. Interesting. And it's, it doesn't have an author, it doesn't say the name, but as you flip through the, as he flips through the pages, you can just see pages and pages and pages of somebody's story all right um circuit um <laughs> a, a, again a little too long of a silent pause after he finishes telling the story with no reaction mm-hmm. how much uh well for both of them it'll be a 10 credits okay takes out you know, his wallet and slides the, the 10 credits. Uh, and as the shopkeeper puts reaches down to grab the the money, Sirkin puts his hand on top of his hand. And I hate like, this character so much. Puts, <laughs> like, kind of like grabs him, uh, uh, hold, is holding his fingers, which are holding the, the note. And he says, Do you feel any guilt for making... A profit from the theft from someone else? It's all right if you do. Be honest. I, I'll know. I, 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 he titters a little bit. Uh, I, I suppose I never thought about it. it. I've had the book for so long. I, Understandable. But do you feel some guilt? Sirkin snaps his finger (laughs) snaps the uh, the shopkeeper's pointer finger grabs the books and says your guilt is cleansed he breaks his finger? he snaps his finger Uh, uh, um, oh my god oh my god Um, I'm like what do you roll for that but it's a a (laughs) old man's tiny pinky 
It's he is a an twig. old man. <laughs> he's just lost for words. He did. He Actually, did not you know, know what? Bozer, I'll do you a favor. Yeah. I'm going to uh, spend a fate point in this very opening to use uh, in my torturer's tools and assume that I, I, my gloves have like a little, have like pieces of metal in them to make my grip a little stronger. Uh -huh. And so it's like, you know how you snap a pencil between your fingers? Uh -huh. It's that. He like He's holding the guy's hand and he just slips his fingers around, pushes down and snaps the finger. Would oh, we Jesus. edit this? Just quick little trigger warning should just run across the screen right I quick. Mean, I mean, technically and speaking, he, and now could... he is forgiven. He no longer needs to feel guilt over stealing and making money from it. Everyone's even. Now that we have a notable character, I need both a shopkeeper name and I need a bookstore name, please and thank you. Um. Because there's no shot this doesn't come back at some point. <laughs> he never asked his name, and the shop is is called um, Stacks. <laughs> Hell yeah. With an X. Hell yeah. Three X's. <laughs> Hold on, I gotta write that down. Yeah. My journey is a, a different thing. It's, it's actually smut. Like, that's a smut store. Stacks. A scientific section. That's why he was confused when you asked him about a book about brains. <laughs> I was this close to making this really cute, amazing book porn, but I was like, no, let's use it for something. Oh god, that's amazing. Yeah. Book, bookstore. You, you open up, you open up the leather-bound book, and it just says hentai. No, no, no. That's no. a leather-bound book. But the cover the is a hen with a tie. Sketch the hen with a tie. <laughs> I've been asked about boobs before, but never brains. <laughs> so as you exit the shop, um, this old man that had no idea this is how his day was going to go is just in shock. He doesn't know to even call out for the light guard or to cry out. He's just kind of wrestling with his own guilt that maybe he should feel. But now he shouldn't feel because you cleansed it. He is lost and also terrified. Uh, as uh, Sirkin, oh, you know, the door, the bell rings as he opens the door to, to exit. He gives one last turn back and he says, have a great refining. And then closes it behind him as he leaves. Oh. <laughs> as, as such a, uh, like a, a soft dom that Sirkin is, I guess it's not soft dom, it's hard dom. Um, no aftercare for this guy? You're not even gonna not like, even a lick of aftercare. You just gonna break his finger and be like and be like, I'm done with you. I I've broke... done my business. You know you know who has nine more fingers to fix his own finger? <laughs> this guy. <laughs> uh, my seconds. hands are full with two books. Two whole books. You just gotta yank hard enough. One. Pull over. It's not a bad it's not it's not a big deal. To be fair, I, you know what? I should have just dislocated it. That's on me. That's on Serkin for That's being overzealous. I should have just dislocated it. He could have just popped back in. Hindsight's twenty twenty. Yeah. you know? You know what? Because yeah, sometimes Serkin yeah. doesn't think before he acts. I know it's a surprise. Um, a few seconds after you exit the store, you hear a of a lock and a little sign being flipped to uh, closed for the day. And then... If you turn and look, you just see like a terrified pair of eyes as a shade is drawn quickly. 
no one should work on the great refining day <laughs> you never will again <laughs> anybody else picture this shopkeeper as like a gnome oh nice he's, short, he's on the I, shorter side for sure i also think of just a small old man <laughs> yeah it's a yeah it's an elderly wizened old man and as we pan away from Sirkin, now just brooding energy surrounded by children and laughter and families crossing his path, um, we we find ourselves in a different... Rips one of them as they run by. <laughs> a different part of the city on the sesquicentennial um, to a man named Wayland Tear. Wayland, where do we find you? And describe your character um. for us. So, uh, Wayland is, um, like, in his late, uh, middle age kind of thing, like, probably, like, getting close to 50. Um, he is, uh, a veteran mercenary, um, but, uh, in the guild that he was in, um, or gang, depending on, uh, like, uh, the, the rest of the society would call it, um, he was betrayed and uh he by most of uh, the people that would have known him um he would be probably assumed dead um but the only thing that they really did take was uh his right hand um so uh wayland his kind of goal right now is to um train and recover like he it's been it's been enough time now that like his his wounds have has healed and, and and stuff like that but just like you know uh fighting um combat training and stuff just like in an abandoned building or or something like that um and just like just like punching furniture with uh his uh hook hand uh he's got a grappling hook for a hand um, oh you know as one does as one does in the you know, uh, steampunk post future, uh, that, that we're living in. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, he has other, he has, uh, like a regular, like prosthetic as well. But, um, when he's doing the fights, he's got, he's got the hook hand. So I would reckon that I'd be like in some like, like dusty warehouse, abandoned warehouse somewhere, like in like more of the outskirts of the city. Sure. Just like, just like punching stuff and, and 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 stealing myself um to to go out and and be around people for the first time in probably like a full year wow okay so you're in a warehouse um near what they would call the docks as if there was a, a lake or an ocean except instead of those things it's in clouds um in all of the clouds now as you look out on the edge of the city, you just see a sea of clouds, but they have kind of a purplish tinge to them. It's not these white fluffy clouds that we might see today. They all have this kind of purplish hue. Um, and on some nights, you could even look out and see almost a storm erupting, and you see these darkish hues kind of come out and light flashing. But above the clouds here, there are rarely, if ever, any storms. Um, and so you'd be more in the Iron Corners, the industrial district. Um, and this is, it's close to the, the stratus turbines that are at the base of 
the city at the tower that draw in the clouds and refine the exodicium that is found in the water vapor there that's then um, distilled and processed and pumped throughout the, the city uh, for power and for fuel and for all manner of things based on its versatility. Um, and so, you, yeah, you're in what was once used for storage for uh, an industry, but it's passed hands, and since then it's it's been for sale, and no one's ever bought it up. So it's yours, and there's windows, tall, you know, kind of warehouse windows that some are broken. Um, the light is shining through, and it's creating the dust as there's this bag that you've hung, and it's catching the sunbeam, and every pummel, it just lets off this plume of dust um and you're so alone yeah uh the warehouse uh you know keeps the rain off my back um and uh you know just gives me a place where i can like kind of channel my thoughts and focus um i've got a lot of i got a lot of uh emotions and and feelings you know like uh these people looked up to me i you know uh wanted to support them and you know, I, I guess like this sense of betrayal has gotten me almost to the almost to the point of like, um, like a I, I don't know, it's like a disappointed father figure or something. Like I got to teach these kids a lesson, you know. Um, so just like I've got a lot to mull over, and uh, I've been spending my time like, like desperately trying to to know that I'm making the right move, and like, was it, it would it be better if I was just dead or whatever? So I'm kind of just like going through those thoughts, like psyching myself up to you know, put on, like, some, like, soft, like, kind of disguise, like a subtle disguise, and, uh, you know, venture in and talk out loud to another person uh, mm -hmm. for the first time in a while. So I'm kind of just, like, like in a, in a weird way for, like a, like, a grown man, you know, who's, like, grizzled from combat to, like, have to, like, re-enter society a little bit. Sure. You know. Um, and as you're pummeling this punching bag, you're you see the face of uh, who was once your brother, essentially. Um, Kith Damon. He was the leader of your guild, the Surgid's Reach. And you trusted him, and he trusted you, and you were his right-hand man. Um, and you are envisioning the training that you put the younger ones through, and how you kind of pummeled each other and do you remember the hits you took and the hits you gave and one particular knocked him on his ass but he looks up with pride in his eyes and as you reach out your right hand that you once had and pull him back up and he just gives you a hug um and as you continue to punch you you then see the face of his son who took over the guild in his death uh uriah and Uriah's kind of got a little smugness about him, and uh, and you remember that leading this guild wasn't what Uriah wanted, but then he saw opportunity, and you remember the moment that you realize that Uriah threw you under the bus to save his own ass um, when his reach, when Sergid's reach reached a little bit too far into someone else's territory that ended with you losing your hand and now being an exile from society. 
Um, go ahead and roll fight for me, just because I want to see how bad you beat this punching bag. Really embarrassing if I messed up. I got a plus four. <laughs> nice. With a plus... Oh, with plus four positive, fight? Positive, positive, negative. So I got a plus six. So as you're remembering that moment of the look in Uriah's eyes when people came for you, knowing that you had nothing to do with this, knowing that you were pushing him away from this to bring the dis discipline back to the guild that was spiraling out of control, that look in his eyes of not even an apology of, yeah, I did that. You, with your hook hand, just punch right through this bag, ripping it, and whatever's in punching bags comes out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, followed by, like, just, like, probably, like, a primal scream that, like, echoes through the, the empty warehouse. Exactly. You see, like, a bird through the broken glass. Um, just a, a flock of them flitter away. Alright. So now we know, don't fuck with Wayland. <laughs> I love what's ever inside a punching bag. <laughs> Does anybody know what's inside a punching bag? Sand? Is it sand? I think it's Beans. sand. Is it sand? It's like my sister trying to entice me to Shit. see what was inside my Stretch Armstrong. Prinzo, we don't know what's inside a punching bag. I'm hey. so sure it was sand. <laughs> hey, can you spell Uriah for me? U-R-I-A-H. Uriah Ooh. Damon. That's exactly how I thought it was spelled. Nice. And as the birds flutter away from this abandoned warehouse on the edge of the city, um, the camera swoops around this massive circle of a city and uh, draws itself wherever we find T. Theodore. That's me. Uh, what would Theodore Maxwell be doing and describe your character for us uh so theo is a very uh he appears to be a very pompous individual oh that's because he is a political fixer uh so he spends a lot of his time uh dealing with uh the rich aristocrats and kind of helping with their problems and whatnot um but more often than not he also enjoys kind of helping the little guy he's really not a big fan of uh in a sense, getting caught in big wig politics uh, and likes to go out of his way to make sure those individuals are still taken care of uh, in this society where the hierarchy and riches tend to get away with a lot more than others. Uh, and he's just Theo's not a big fan of that and takes great pleasure in knocking people down a peg to make sure they recognize where they actually are in the hierarchy. Right. And where would um, where would Theo be at this moment? Uh, at this moment, if we are still prepping for the parade, I think Theo would be meeting uh, with the individual that is the the problem of the current case he is uh, kind of taken on for himself. 
uh, Theo was contacted by one of the arch luminaries uh, that was currently being blackmailed uh, to try to get their position taken from them. Uh, Theo having a direct relationship with the said individual uh, made it a little more enticing for him to go make a in-person conversation as compared to usually sending off his uh associates to kind of help with one of those problems uh so i think theo would be getting ready to have that interaction with the individual okay and are you meeting him at his office or yours uh 100 dropping in on his office entirely unannounced all right so um <clears throat> you've made your way to uh the again the prism district or the prism square um, where this parade is about to take place, and there's people all over. Um, and to your right, as you're walking by, you you can see them setting up a podium, um, and there's a big red ribbon across this brand new building that has just completed, and they're going to use this, the sesquicentennial celebration, to uh, cut the ribbon on this new uh, institute that is actually within the grasp of the individual that you are going to meet. Um, and as you're heading towards his office, you actually see him standing near there, talking talking to a few of the aides and people getting things set. Uh, and you see, as you mentioned, Arch Luminary of Intelligence, Errol Faust. Because uh, you would know that in the city of Aurora, there are five arch luminaries that are kind of heads of the main industries of the city him being the one of uh research and intelligence and all things that might study uh zodicium and x and taking it forward um and he's very excited you see him with a big f grin on his face um some children a mother actually points him out and a, a little girl runs up and he turns it with an excited grin you see this kind of exuberant man with uh two quaffed of hair it's kind of sandy but it's it's very styled you can tell he spends quite a number of minutes in the morning on it um and he's got a very uh, sharp suit with uh, a collar that kind of wraps around uh, and he bends down and and the parents behind this little girl are excited that they they came this close to an arch luminary. Um, and as he's talking with a girl, he glances up and he sees you in the background standing. And you can see the, without losing the smile, this the eyes show, oh, shit, not here. No, not here. Um, and then he, he dismisses the girl and she runs off and they're excitedly talking about how they got to meet Errol Faust. Um, and he looks at one of the aides and kind of dismisses them and kind of glances your way and shifts his eyes towards uh, a couple buildings away. There's there's a, a little space between the buildings and alley. Um, and he tells the aide, uh, I'm just going for a coffee. I'll be right back. All right. Don't don't you start without me. Or it's a big day. Big day. And he walks You towards... sure you don't want to do this here in front of your staff? <clears throat> oh, Theo, what, walk with me, would you? Walk? What, why not? This is such a lovely space. Why don't we sit here and enjoy the moment before it just gets overcrowded and filled? 
Theo. Uh, this is... <laughs> this is why I pay you. Understand? Walk with me. You pay me to get jobs done. You don't control me. And he's not stopping. He's he's walking. Uh, Theo's going to kind of like turn and look at the aides and smile at them daftly as he uh, follows behind. And, and as he's like glancing around and as long as he feels like nobody's really watching, he kind of just dips into an alley. And um, here in the prism district, the alleys themselves are pretty clean. Um, it's not like the iron corners where they don't look at things like this everything is is nice and it's it's like disneyland everything's clean um and there might even be a dumpster but it's it, it's got a little bit of rust but no trash juice which no one likes trash juice trash juice <laughs> um and i don't like that as he turns the corner he uh he grabs for a carton of something and um pulls out a, a, a rolled bit and, and lights it. I, I thought we were going to do this at your office. Why are we talking here? I find it just so much more fun here. And for being the Arch Luminary of Intelligence, you really need to work on your poker face. Listen, I thought you had it handled. I thought our conversations were done. You see, you thought. But in my line of work, I tend to uncover things that usually just pisses me off. Because if you're up front with me, I will likely go out of my way to assist you. But when I have to dig and find things that you're keeping from me to manipulate the narrative, not a fan of that one. I gave you all the information that... I felt was needed. Uh, I had an individual who had, as you know, some images of me in a precarious situation, and you were dealing with it. Who doesn't have a little skeletons in their closet, huh? Uh, and Theo is going to pull uh, a manila envelope out of his, like, double-breasted jacket, uh, and as he opens it up and slides out some of the photos... A, a few skeletons? That's what you... That's what you're calling this. And and some of the photos... And he starts panning through some of the photos. I didn't know that was... How Where do you do Pilates? Because you're doing something right. And he like puts those down. Even in alley, he's looking over his shoulder. Um, put those away. Why would you bring those? Those would be to be destroyed. Correct. And these are the physical copies. But you see, what I've discovered with you, you pompous assholes, you don't seem to learn. Ever. And I don't trust you for a lick. And I know the moment I turn my back, you're gonna try something. And this is my reminder that here are the physicals. And as long as you don't cross me, as long as you don't test me, and remember that when I call you and I need something, you don't say a fucking word, these won't see the light of day. Your problem is solved. But we have now established a bond that may be called upon in the future. 
I am a man of my word to those who have my back. Theo is going to slap it on his chest. Um, you have a busy day ahead of you. Um, I'll make sure not to get too caught up in your cameras because that jacket, that's a little, it's a little last season. Um, whoever's doing fashion, you really should. I'll make sure to stay to the side during the inauguration. So I, I don't want to pull too much attention from you. Uh, and Theo's going to rebutton his jacket, uh, kind of take the cigarette and kind of throw it away. Make sure you get a mint before you start meeting everybody. And he's going to walk back inside. And an Errol. That's not cool. <laughs> so badass. Errol is just like left standing that in the alley, perplexed that anybody would speak to him this way. He is the arch luminary of Aurora, the crown city of the cloud cities. And he just got roasted. Uh, Theo's going to stop and grab one of the uh, one of the aides. Uh, he's going to need some new jacket, uh, retouch up his makeup, and for the love of God, get him a mint. Uh, and he's going to wink at um, Errol before walking off scene. And he just... I like this jacket. It's, and he's going to put on his face and walk back out and as, from a distance. Oh, hi. Oh, no, you stop. And walk back towards uh, the ribbon. Uh, okay. And so we pan out. And as you, as we pan out, you see crowds gathering. And, and there's kind of a huge section of street that's cut off and nobody's walking on it. So there's the crowds are kind of being displaced. The sides make them even more packed as we are growing closer and closer to the beginning of the parade. Um, that's going right by this, the Institute of Progress, the Faust Gold Institute of Progress, uh, in fact. Um, and we're going to find ourselves meeting our last player of the session where do we find alsvid at this time alsvid how do you say this name it's it's alsvid alsvid al batten uh well uh thanks to some some friends of mine i'm just keeping an eye on things at this uh trying to prepare look around where this parade's gonna be and i wouldn't say um case in the place but i'm i'm just keeping an eye on the people crowd watching you know walking through the streets that i know the parade's gonna be on okay and describe what uh al alsvid looks like it looks like a, a pretty common man um i i just have some nice casual uh pants on i had a nice not too fitted shirt and a, and a, a little jacket on him I have some longish hair, um, some scr like a scruffy face going on right now, but he's just uh just trying to blend in with society. So you're just milling about within the crowds, mm -hmm. just taking taking notice of certain people, where you know people are standing around, uh, maybe where some security is, taking note of the path. All right, and as you're as you're milling about, 
uh, you kind of glance over and off to the side where there's uh, kind of an opening area, you you see one of the light guard, which, as you would know, is kind of the authority figure, the police, if you will, of the city. And they are the royal upholders of the law from um, the king himself. And they, they go on down of hierarchy. But this is, you can tell this is more of a, a beat cop, if you will. Um, the light guard have different things representing different um, positions within the guard. But this one you can tell is your everyday Joe Schmo because uh, he is lacking the patches. He's lacking a jacket. Um, they kind of all have a, a lightish grayish armor, um, kind of a, a helmet. It's even though today feels modern society, the light guard are kind of a harken back to um, the maybe where we came from, the older day and age of of protectors. Um, and they've got kind of this curved helmet that kind of ends in a small point. Um, it comes down to the brow and uh, circles the face a bit. And on the hip, you you see uh, a firearm that you would know is, is usually full of um, the rubber bullets that are kind of laced with a little bit of X that when you get shot, kind of... Uh, stun you biologically, like hit your neurosystem immediately and kind of freeze up. So, you know, running from them doesn't do you a lot of good. And then on the other hip, you see um, it essentially a nightstick, but fancier for close combat. Um, and this guy's that you see the light sent the light guard pull out the, the nightstick or the, the baton. And he's, he's looking at, a man that's kind of up against the wall. Um, and you just feel like a threatening presence coming from this light garden. From your point of view, this man hasn't done really anything wrong, as far as you know. Uh, so, he, he's... The guard looks a little, like, jumpy, or is he The guard feels assume? like he's, he's in control of the situation. He's inching closer and closer, and you, from this distance, you can't really tell what he's saying. Hmm. Um, can I, can I, I'm just going to try and get a little closer so I can listen in to this conversation and see if sure. intervening might be in my future. Um, go ahead and roll me a perception check. Just seeing if from that distance, whether you can tell what's being right. said. Let's see. And... So that's a net one for a plus three, since I have a fare on that. Very nice. So even above the hustle and bustle of the crowd, and you hear laughter and and people buzzing about the parade and how big it's going to be this year. This has got to be the biggest one. But you can you get close enough that you hear the light guard getting closer to this man, and this man is he's in a, a light jacket. He's got kind of a receding hairline. Um, very forgettable person. Uh, and th this guy said, listen, you stepped on my boot. These are brand new. Now, are you going to apologize or is this going to get ugly? Is, uh, and the man said, is this I, guy, I, 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 I didn't know it's busy. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. 
<clears throat> that's not an apology. Wipe it off. I'm gonna try. Oh yeah, this is gonna be. I'm already causing trouble. All right. Um, I'm gonna walk by really quick and just kind of shoulder check this guard and then try to disappear into this crowd. Okay. All right. Hell yeah. Um. Um. What would you? Okay. Go ahead and roll me a stealth check. Okay. Uh, let's see. Stealth. Yeah. I'm good at these. So that's a plus three and eight. Ooh. And that is another only a net one. So that's a plus four. Nice. Okay. So as he's about to like literally press this guy against the wall with his baton, um, he gets a good healthy to the shoulder. And as he whips around, he turns and he just sees a bunch of people milling about and walking and everyone's moving fast paced like it what the run run, run old man <laughs> and he just calls who did that and some families just like nervously turn and a, a mother ushers her kid walk a little faster and as he turns back towards the man um that man dipped <laughs> He went right under the arm and just took off. Oh, fuck. He looks down his boot and pulls it up and he wipes it off himself with his thumb and really tries to get the scuff off. He's like, God, they're brand new. And you disappear. Feel bad for this guy. <laughs> yes, successfully uh, averted some some good. Major the only uh, time fight I've ever in. seen Lucas actually stealth a situation. <laughs> hey, should've broken his finger. Yeah, you know, should have just stunned him with his own baton and then created a whole scene. So you now are all. Am I correct in assuming you've all joined the gathering here in the downtown of the prison square? Yeah, yeah. Let's take five. Good job, everybody. I'm away. loving this. Just run away. Oop, this has been super fun, y'all. Hey guys, Bozer here. If you were looking for a good place to take a break in today's episode, you just found one. Feel free to hit that pause button, and we'll be here waiting for you to come back for part two of today's episode. We'll be waiting. As long as it takes. Now, back to Cloudscape. Uh, so, we've now met our wonderful characters that I'm so excited about and we find them all uh, kind of in their own places lined in the main street of the prism district right across from this shining new building just glass windows all the way up it's it's maybe like 10 stories high um it's kind of ends in a an asymmetrical slant so it's it almost has a prism kind of feel to it uh, with if, if it was on its side, not so much symmetrical. Um, you see in the distance, Harold uh, Faust, the arch luminary of intelligence. And depending on your relationship with him, you might have different feelings about him. Um, some of you might be excited that you're this close to an arch luminary. As I do need to clarify, Theo 100% lied to him. He is not going to stay offside. He's going to be in every photo that he is in. Got it. 
Love it. You son of a bitch. That's amazing. <laughs> You're all bitches except Kit. <laughs> um. Yet. Yet. No, you, you, Lucas, you're a good guy. Or, I stuck up for the little guy. Al is a good guy, yeah. Um, I love that your picture looks like Liam Hemsworth. That's just who I'm picturing now. Yep. Um, it's a cross. A little cross. And and you see him waving at people, and uh, a couple people next to him, you see a, a well-dressed man in a sharp black suit with small, thin glasses, just not quite sharing in all of the excitement. Everyone's excited, and he's just standing there Theo just to be a problem um but then down the street you hear uh this like thundering of drums just boom ba boom ba boom boom and you can almost feel it and you hear a, a cheer way down the street so you know the parade is on its way and as it draws closer you just see like confetti being thrown and uh streamers being shot out from these different floats uh and these floats that were made by one was made by the school the uh can't remember the name <laughs> um the the hamlin academy and you would know that hamlin was the previous king to the current king praxis his father um this hamlin academy where all students go from the kindergarten entry all the way through a university level it's this whole campus on this part of the cloud city um so different grades have made different floats and you see like you can tell the little ones made this one of of a, a beautiful woman with uh kind of praying and her head bowed and and you would know that it was her best representation of octaris um it was made with different pieces of paper and some of them don't quite match and some are kind of falling apart uh, but the kids are so proud and they're throwing streamers and laughing and as that passes um you see the light guard have are marching in kind of sentry order uh, you can see at the at the front of it is the commander and you can tell he's the commander because he's not only got the armor of the beat cop that you saw earlier but he's lacking the helmet and he's got uh, kind of this well-fitting jacket um and and pants rather than the armored pants though you know underneath him he would have some sort of kind of protectant um and he is he's marching with almost ease he's not marching in in league with the rest as they are kind of uh, sticking to a beat but he's just walking greeting people with a, a kind of eye but always wary looking um and so they're marching, and behind them you see one of their light guard vehicles that, uh, it looks like a basically an armored car that's got that same kind of silvery, whitish sheen to it. Um, and you see all these great floats, and there's a marching band, um, but at the very end of the parade, you see the pinnacle, which is, this is testament of where we've come from and where we are now um it's pluming out this this uh purplish smoke to almost represent clouds and the gift of the blessing of octaris um and you see the high priest of the octarian temple sitting on a, on a throne with this kind of beautiful 
winged statue figure behind him. Um, and you would know that that's also representation of Octaris. And he's sitting there greeting people. Um, I'm sorry, she rather. And just almost like Princess Diana waving. Um, and people are giving out tidings and, of course, invitations to attend the next meeting at the Octarian Temple, which meets once a month because it's it's within the the royal area and the seat of the Shining Sun where the castle is. Um, so once a month they allow the masses to come and pray there. Otherwise, uh, worship is, is more of an individual basis. Some people just would meet in homes or um, on their own. But you just hear everyone chanting for light and love for light and love for light and love and you guys are some of you are just really getting caught up in it um kit as you're standing there next to nan she is joining in and uh with great clap she's for light and love for light and you even see her kind of wipe a tear from her eye because she's so uh deeply emotionally tied to this day and this goddess which you would know she never misses a prayer every day for light and love she's always saying it um how are you feeling um kit's zoned out she's thinking about what's gonna happen later like you know she was about to like just participate in the day just for nan's sake because you know it is a big special day for her but for kit it's not it's just about you know, doing what her grandma wants. It's never been a thing for her. She, ever since, like, her dad left, her grandpa died, like, it's just, she's not into anything anymore. There's no joy. There's no, you know, holidays don't bring joy anymore. They bring dread. So, um, Kit's probably going to be staring just into space out of it. Probably, like, hands in her pockets, just, like, thinking about what's going to happen later in the day. Um, and just, you know, ignoring basically the chaos that's going on there. And as your, your hands are in your pockets, you feel a, a soft hand kind of grab your wrist and pull it out. And Nan just clasps your hand and gives it a smooch and looks up uh, through her big, thick glasses. Thank you for being here for me. I love you. I love you too, Nan. And I'm going to like take my hand on my other pocket and you know continue to hold her hand like but with both hands and like pat her hand and um squeeze it I guess just you know lovingly you know and then just kind of like going through her head is just like you know what could happen to her later is she gonna leave Nan by herself you know just all the things that could happen um like what would happen to Nan like if she wasn't bringing in money, if she wasn't doing this, all the consequences for her going tonight. But she knows that if she were to talk about it to Nan, you know, Nan would protest and she'd be the one to go or, you know, she'd try to come up with a solution and she doesn't want to put that burden on Nan as it is her favorite day of the year. And, uh, you know, um, I think she's just going to dwell on how much she loves Nan um, and the, you know, just the rough year they've had. 
And she just Theo will like personally that. kill anybody that harms Nan or looks at her negatively. Protect her at all costs. Like it's on sight. I don't care. Yeah, I will part the sea and render the heavens for Nan. <laughs> um, Waylon, as you are entering these, this crowd, you've you've been isolated for so long, um, and as you you come close, there's people all around you. There's people are. You can feel the joy for light and love. You look to your left and you see uh, a, a little old lady with thick glasses next to uh, a taller, slender girl with fiery red hair. And uh, she just, at least the older woman, looks like she's so into it. What are you feeling? Um, I think it's like a mixed emotion. Like there's definitely like, uh, like uh, there's a guilt for like feeling joy, you know? Like, uh, like Wayland isn't necessarily like a religious person per se, but like just like seeing joy be all around, you know, it's there's there's an osmosis to it, right? And like that feeling is like kind of getting stirred up inside, where it's like, like, like the like breathing easier and feeling lighter, but like having guilt for that hmm. at the same time because there is a mission and a focus that needs to be like attended to. But like, I definitely think that like Wayland will like catch a moment every once in a while where like, like almost a smile will peek out or, or something like that, or it's like, you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. like joy is joy is desperately trying to like cloy its yeah. way into the heart. Wow, this is I need that on like a card. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that guilt almost gives off a, almost as if he was attracted to it, like a shark is to blood. This dark slick oil slick eyed individual uh, steps up in your vicinity Sirkin, what are you doing in the masses of this parade uh, i am standing facing the parade but i am looking through my brain book oh okay just... So uh, I, it, it is that it's again, it's it's that arrogance of I'm here, but I'm nonplussed. With I'll look up when something amuses me. I'm not impressed with 150 mm -hmm. years. But he's also forward enough that people will see him there mm -hmm. doing that. Rick, this pompous asshole. He, want, <laughs> he wants to be a big deal. Re like he really does. Um, Al, as you've kind of blended into the crowd, you turn your head and you see a man reading a book in the masses of the parade. What are you doing during all this? Oh. Well, um, unfortunately, I'm, I'm looking, I'm hunting right now. Let's, uh, Try to snag some stuff from some people who are too preoccupied with. Oh, a pickpocket! Okay. And the rogue of our group, everybody. There it is. <laughs> Forever rogue. Um. All right. Do you try to steal something? Yes. Uh, I don't know if I'd necessarily go go for him, but I I'd be looking for like a wealthier individual. So if if he, he was perceived as a wealthy individual, then maybe I would be going for him. But... I'm dressed nice. He said he's the nicest yeah. dressed man in the vicinity. That's the plan. Yeah. Every, yeah. He, everybody else got 
like a little dressed up for the celebration. They want to look cute at the parade. This man wore his Sunday best. Yep. Oh, Theo sorry, still looks Buzz. better though. Oh, <laughs> nice. It's gonna outdress each other this whole campaign. I hate to say it, but uh, you might be losing your wallet there, bud. <laughs> just, just maybe. Yeah. Uh, let's find out. Uh, let's find out. We're about I'm to have so our first nervous combat. For your fingers. Yeah. <gasps> <laughs> I was not expecting PvP so early on. No. <laughs> Figured oh, we'd give it a few episodes. <laughs> nope. We're going. We're going. What a mute what a meat cute. You right, steal yeah. his wallet, he breaks your wrist or something, and everybody's <laughs> everybody's friends at the end. Alright, All right. so describe how you attempt to steal his wallet. Uh well he I was hoping he'd be a little distracted. Either in his book or by, by his, um, by the parade. So I'm, I really just want to try and, again, that simple bump redirection to try to snag whatever I can get off his waist. So I'm assuming that's where most people keep their wallets. So, yeah, makes sense. Okay, go ahead and roll us. Uh, I guess this would be. You can decide burglary or stealth. Well, it's definitely burglary. Okay. <laughs> Only because uh, that is literally my my top skill. <laughs> um. Yeah. Okay. So it's a plus four. Oh, that's a minus one, and it's a plus one. So it's a plus four, and then. Invoke. Yeah, um, just just to solidify this, because I like my fingers. Mm -hmm. um, con artist is my one of my aspects. Mm -hmm. Would that be applicable? Um, sh sh sure, sure. Yeah, because you're you're selling to me that you actually bumped into me. Yeah, that's yeah. Being a con artist. That's that's I kind of group con artist into all those yeah. little yeah. in my mind all those little mm -hmm. petty thieving and yeah. And, scams Rogue and tricks things. and stuff yeah what do they call that what do they call that the guy who like like shakes your hand and takes your like watch or whatever that's like a con like, artist yeah i would think a con yeah. artist yeah so are you adding so plus that, two or are you re-rolling uh i'm just gonna add a plus two so it is a plus six total oh boy okay so <laughs> then because it's pvp gotcha, Sirkin, bitch. um go ahead and roll an, a perception Perception. All right, I have a fair perception, which is only a two, so I would have to get all pluses to even match it. Unless you invoke something. I've got three pluses. Oh! Um, <laughs> three pluses and a blank. Uh, oh. I... Son of a I, bitch. Hmm. Oh, no. Because, <laughs> actually... Um, oh, no. I... Uh, dealing with uh, pickpockets and and things like that. Uh, I mean, we, I, I have a gambling addiction, uh, which one of my aspects is that I'm always pressing my luck. So I'm dealing with people who do these sorts of shady things. So this might be something I'm familiar with. Sure. Boom. Fate points. <laughs> I'm down to one fate point, uh -huh. but now I, back I to you. Don't worry. beat it by plus one. <clears throat> so as he's reaching in I that can't. pocket for what he hopes is a wallet, you catch him. What do you yeah. do? 
<laughs> yeah, so Sirkin gives no indication that he is caught on to you until your hand touches the wallet. And then his hand reaches behind him. He's still holding the book in front of him with one hand. Reaches behind him and grabs your wrist. It's such an anime and, scene. <laughs> you're right, yeah, kind of. Any uh like you can feel like the uh those metal barbs in his glove that we saw earlier. Before his wrist breaks, you see the shot of our every character's eyes in the vicinity. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh no, Theo one hundred percent has sees this interaction happening. Oh, do you go ahead and roll a perception? Oh, I mean if Sirkin is Ooh. up in the front and as pompous I as am he like is. Yeah. Theo is aware of him, it's and like, so he was 100% going to take notice of something like that. Go ahead that. and roll perception, just to see how well you notice. Okay. Well, how is my perception? My perception's plus one. Um, Fours are blank, so six, that's plus two. Um, so, with a plus two, you definitely see him. Um, you would have clocked him based on your description that he looks so nice. Um, and because you're just kind of watching how everything's going, you do notice... Well, Theo's not getting involved. Theo's just no, aware. You're on the other side of the parade, even. So you're on the other side of the street, and this is taking place on the opposite. So you would definitely notice... Uh, you can't quite make out exactly what's going on or the, the air of it all, but you, you clock it. All right, so you grab his wrist. Cool. Uh, let's let's take this journey. I've got a fun idea. Uh, so he, he he puts the pressure on and, and uh, you know, taught, and without looking, he's talking to him and he says, How old are you? I'm old enough to survive on my own. Did you know that the uh, human brain is not fully formed until 25? <laughs> well, it looks like I'm a, a whole person then, huh? Then I'll give you the chance to let go. And <clears throat> I'm actually, you know what? I'm gonna you. I'm gonna invoke uh, fleet of foot and mind, and I'm gonna hey. add an yes. And I'm going to uh, attempt to because I have my hand. You said I have my hand in there, right? You're 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 I, you are <laughs> you are gripped on my wallet. I'm going to use fleet of foot in mine. I'm going to try to snag and go. And like a feel <laughs> like in a, in that like reactive, like fight or flight, I I'm going. I'm going to try and wrestle out. Um, then. Uh, and you guys can feel free to argue like, well, I want to roll this because I, that's what uh, I believe. So Lucas argue um, never. I would say athletics. Just yeah, to make sure I can... that you can get out of there. Yeah, I'm okay with that. Roll opposing athletics. Um, this is just actually have he's gonna roll against your, uh, yeah, opposing athletics. Oh no, that doesn't look good for me. Yes. So um, I have a good in athletics, so it's plus three, and I rolled four <laughs> pluses. <laughs> Plus so the invo. Nine. <laughs> oh, um, but Lucas, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, what are you gonna compel. Yeah, what are you gonna compel? Your, because in this instance, like 
you are in too deep. Like, you are beyond the point of no return. Um, so you're going to have me... So, I'm just trying to get you fate points back. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> so you're... Because every time that I compel one of their aspects, then they get a fate point back. And every time they invoke one, um, they have to pay me one. So because you're so in deep in this situation, like, you, you take it and you run and... Um, you're going to run smack dab into a light guard. Because you were... going to be the same light guard. <laughs> the same light guard. Step on his other boot. Step on his other boot. I, I, I totally Damages. probably you were, you were so focused on that wallet and the pain on your wrist that as you escaped, um, you boom, bump right into that same light guard that's having a pissy day and looking for someone to take it out on. Oh, perfect. Oh, what the hell? Oh, you know, <clears throat> my, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm just uh, get a little too emotional, and uh, you just gave it back to me. But if, if you really want to, I can. I'll invoke it. Oh no, I'll use this. I'll use one of my stunts, and I'll use uh, um, Sly Guy to try and de-escalate the situation before it gets any any crazier. Which one's Sly Guy? Uh, the charisma. He's the fox with the video game. Oh, your stunt. <laughs> My stunt, yeah. Oh, which is plus two rapport slash charisma. We're calling it charisma. The fate calls it rapport. When trying to persuade someone. And didn't we say someone that um, would see you as, like, a threat or Yeah, which would be, which would be, like, in this situation. Not... Yeah. It just doesn't say that, so add that so we remember in the future. That's what that's what it says on mine. That's one of my you have stunts a, you have for non-friendlies. Oh, what's your stunt? It's called oh. Trust Me, plus two charisma against uh, non-allied targets or people who oh, I don't remember how basically I have it the same stunt. But yeah, because apparently mine's, mine's uh, like hey, plus two I'm... charisma against non-friendly targets. Yeah, mine's like hey, like. It's not necessarily, it could be used for, like, anyone. It's in conversation. I'm trying to get people to, like, trust me more, so it could be anybody. Okay. We're... You know how Devil was supposed to be, and then we were, oh, like, right. you're creepy. And then he just got creepy, <laughs> yeah. All right, so go ahead and roll roll Charisma. Charisma's not my best suit. Um, Good thing you have a stunt for it. Exactly, well, I took a stunt for it. Okay, that's uh, net zero. Uh-oh. Uh, that's a minus one, so it comes out to be plus two. Um, and, and on the, there's a whole ladder of how well these plus twos or minus twos. And so plus two is at normal or fair. So you didn't persuade this guy any more than he would be by any other human. Um, plus you just ran into him. Um, and Sirkin, I'm going to invoke your overconfidence because mm -hmm. that's why you got into the situation in the first oh, no. place. You didn't just handle it. You mm -hmm. thought that you could you were fine you had it under control and yep. when he grabbed the the wallet he not only grabbed your wallet he grabbed your car keys to your really nice car oh there is probably something in that trunk that i need yeah so just so you know you <laughs> yeah you realize uh, as he took off and ran his leg not be this Fuck. <laughs> um, all right that he's got all those things so uh this light guard who's having a pissy day just 
Hey, haven't I seen you before? Uh, instinctually, I'm like, uh, I don't know what you're talking about. And I'm going to go and, like, wipe his boot. <laughs> and try to just, like, walk away. Yeah, that's right. You would like, like that. that. Yeah. 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 I, like, bumped into him and, like, brush him off. Be like, I'm, I'm so sorry. And still, like, jittered. Steal his wallet. <laughs> See, that's... Yeah, I'll, pat, I'll, pat, I'll pat him down, you know, get the dust off the front of him and take his shock baton. Do you really? Kidding. Oh. I'm kidding. That's not happening. I'm like, this is about to escalate. Uh, yeah, that's people. the respect this people. position deserves. Like, get out of here. And he just turns and he's like watching you wherever you go until you're out of his sight. Sirkin, you just lost your wallet and your keys. Have I noticed that I've lost them yet? Um, I don't know. Roll perception. All right, let's find out. Uh, yeah, perception I have to is imagine plus if two. he caught me, he would check. <laughs> nope, because I got two mine. So I got a oh perception. Oh, which one? Uh, for perception, I have a zero. Ooh, oh, no. I got. I have a plus two. I rolled two negatives. Hey, I'll meet you Did at the him. car. I am so arrogant. That I'm pretty sure he learned his lesson. Right, without even I looking taught up him your one. Hmm. <laughs> awesome. Okay, so you don't have your wallet or your yeah, keys. Nope. What was in your wallet besides money? Anything? Um. Nothing. There. I have. There's no identification of any kind in no. there because I don't leave evidence. Um. So yeah, it would be just petty cash, and there's probably uh, you know something sharp in there <laughs> like if you if you were to like just run your hand and you might find a razor blade on accident or something like there'd be he likes card to have... sized a card sized blade like in a <laughs> they have they slot. have a little uh yeah right wallet wallet knife so you can use yeah he's got a wallet knife in there okay yeah i had one of those and it got stolen at an airport or taken away from me at an airport all right so then you just you take off and yeah, I'm gonna take some cash out for me, and then if there's like a uh, wallet knife, oh well, I yeah, I'll, I'll if I see anything interesting, I'm gonna take it. But I'm gonna leave some cash in it, and then I'm gonna that down on your luck. You know, if there's anybody that's not necessarily like, you know, homeless or whatever, I, we're in a nice district, so I don't I don't know if I'd see anybody, but I probably chuck it, chuck like some money in the the wallet to them. Nice. Yeah, there's. There's not a, especially downtown here is super clean. There's uh, other areas of the of Prism Square, the Merchant District, that it, it gets a little seedier, that more uh, suburban, I guess, more home neighborhoody. But here is is really nice. Um, all right, so as this parade is coming to a conclusion, and the high priest of the Octarian Temple makes his exit on the parade with cheers and the Everyone's engulfed in this purpley smoke with the confetti and the streamers. Um, and some people are noshing on a bit of a sweet that some children gave from their class. Uh, you s look across and up to a podium, you see the arch luminary, Errol Faust, step up and just say, Good morning, everyone! And everyone cheers. <sighs> um... And he said, a happy anniversary of the great refining. And there's this microphone is blasting sound. And 
everyone's just cheering. Some people are still for light and love, for light and love. I'm your arch luminary of intelligence. He pauses for another cheer. Harold Faust, more cheering. Thank you for being here on this illustrious and beautiful day. It is all because of the goddess Octaris that we are here today. More cheers. <sighs> and he just kind of does a sly little look at this beautiful building behind him. Have you seen this? And every, some people are laughing and cheering. I was like, thank you. This is quite an, a momentous event that we get to cut the ribbon on the Faust Gold Institute of Progress. <sighs> this has been a brainchild of mine for many years. And finally, the planets have aligned and we are able to access with the research in this building, uh, the potential of Zodicium to the next level. And people are cheering, cheering, cheering. Uh, as we know, Zodicium has changed the way that we live, not only here in Aurora, but across the entire planet. We have it to thank for this city itself, for the cars we drive, for the medicine that's created, for so many good things. And with the research that happens here at the Institute of Progress, we can access even more. So with that, and as he's reaching for scissors, he, he catches Theo like in Theo his- Theo noticeably yawns, like makes it over dramatic. <sighs> Clara, may I have the scissors? And this aide kind of brings these big shiny scissors over to her, to him. Um, and with me today is, uh, or unfortunately, the other namesake of the building couldn't make it here to the ribbon cutting, Mr. Kieran Gold, um, which many of you would recognize is the leader of the gold family that has caused so much trauma and pain in your lives, but publicly is uh, an affluent, what's the word? Uh, philanthropist. Uh, philanthropist. Yeah. Um, he, the gold family makes a lot of money and you find, it seems every few months there's the gold is added to a wing of a building or uh a hallway or a street they're just constantly giving money and and everybody is uh not everybody loves them but they're grateful that they're uh well they have money but at least they're doing something positive with it um it's only those that are in the more the underbelly of aurora that would recognize the gold family for really what they are um but Errol continues, uh, unfortunately, Mr. Kieran Fa uh, Gold couldn't be here this this morning, but um, in his place, we have his son. <laughs> Name is. Uh, they haven't met yet. 
No, sorry, I can't remember. I'm. I'm... It wasn't May. <laughs> there was no rehearsal for this speech. Um, his son. It's actually his daughter. I mean, his pretty... daughter. Um, we have his son, Finnegan, in his stead. Finnegan, thank you on behalf of Aurora and the uh, luminary of in of intelligence. I thank you, and. Finnegan is the oldest son of the Gold family, but he's more of the reserved, firstborn, kind of cautious. Uh, he's kind of looking around a little uneasy with the enormity of the crowd. And But he's represented his family on many occasions as the oldest, and he steps up to the mic and he just says, uh, Thank you. Uh, the Gold family is very proud to support such a important and necessary estate. Theo stifles a laugh. And, and he just kind of glances over. Thank you. And together, they each take a piece, a handle of the scissors, and they reach up, slide it over the ribbon, and just before they slice down, you all just fear, feel a thunder. It shakes the entire city. It intention or instinctively, people drop down and scream and shriek. And for those that don't bury their heads immediately, you look up on the tenth floor of the institute. This massive explosion with the, out of the window and glass is raining down on people below in tiny little specks. And intuitively, people just start running and panicking. But um, all of you kind of are able to glance up, and after the explosion, through the smoke, you see a person jet out from the window. And almost like they are stepping on air itself. You can't quite make out what's what it is, but it seems like they're propelling by something on their feet. And... Behind them is a banner that reads, Open Your Eyes, with a symbol at the end that's um, an eye with a big X through. Um, would you all roll a lore for me to see if you recognize this symbol or what this might represent? I argue resources, since being so connected, I would be hearing talks and rumors of... You could roll connection instead. I'll take connection for yeah. sure. Yeah, definitely. You guys ready for this? That's plus eight. Oh my Damn. god! That is Ooh. legendary. You roll max? Yeah. That is, that's as high as you can roll. Two basically. fives, two sixes, and my connection legendary is plus four. Legendary means you created that. <laughs> Exactly. Fuck, damn it, Jerry. <laughs> and as you know, a note, T just said one. two fives and two sixes. Um, we are using what's called fate dies or fudge dice. You can find them for cheap. Um, but if you don't want to purchase those, you can just use D6s. And a one and a two is a negative one. A three and a four is a blank or a zero. And then a five and a six is a plus one. So you rolled max, so you definitely recognize this. Anybody else? Anybody roll over a three or get a, more than a plus three? 
Uh, I, got I got zero total. What did... I'm going to uh, use my aspect of uh, scholarly aspiration to add a plus two because I had a one. Sure. So I have three exactly. Okay. I have three. Ooh, interesting. Okay, so anybody that rolled three or more, and T, you would definitely, like, you not only recognize the symbol, you have spoken to um, members of, as you would know, the Knights of Axiom. Uh, the Knights of Axiom are a grassroots, by the city standards, terrorists, um, but it's fairly new. They haven't been around that long. Um, you hear them being talked about uh, around the rumor mill, but um, T, you've definitely dealt with people within the Knights of Axiom. Um, no one's met the leader of the Knights. It's it's more like they they get assignments or they get word passed down, but no one's ever met her or them or him. Um, Way to save know. it. <laughs> yeah, right? But you would recognize that symbol as the eye with an X through it is uh, the Knights of Axiom. So this is definitely a terrorist uh, act. Kit, how might you have heard about the Knights of Axiom? Was it like a... Me? Yeah. Sorry. Um, oh, my dad, like, probably had said something or... I had seen maybe a business card or some sort of, you know. Yeah. Curiously, from that. Because yeah. he's been gone for months, right? Mm-hmm. But, but maybe I went to clean out his stuff and came across it in a drawer or, yeah. you know, something. Or, you know, uh, do we have phones? I, I didn't know what type of... Or some type of communication with other people, like email, or what type of communication do you think we have with each other? Um, we're thinking, like, if you... I kind of place it in a high fantasy meets retro-futuristic steampunk kind of world. Um, so okay. The idea of, like, iPhones, cell phones, not quite Maybe a not. Um, okay. They might have, Maybe like, some letters or notes, like a carrier it. note or something. Like, Pneumatic you know, tubes that run through the whole city. Exactly, right? Um, also, just maybe... mechanically, I didn't want you guys to be able to call each other and say things. Sure, makes sense. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, you were maybe... cleaning out his one of his cars he was working on, mm -hmm. um, and you found a, just maybe a in the of glove paper. box. Yeah, it didn't glove say in anything the glove box. except that symbol. So you recognized that yeah. symbol, but you weren't mm -hmm. quite sure what it meant. Now, yeah. you're just like shit. Okay. Yeah. You're so, putting two and two together. Yeah. The rest of you have never seen this. You don't know what it is, but you do know that there has been a giant explosion. Someone's coming out of it, and they have a, a log banner right after them. said, open your eyes with the symbol. Um, and they're, like, leaping through the air, being propelled by these things on their feet. But um, as they're making their escape, you notice that one of the feet seemed to misfire and start smoking. And in the panic, as people are running, this figure is kind of losing control and trying to save themselves with their other foot and almost like limping 
and you can track them and they kind of land they're going to make a crash landing um near an alley not far like a block or two away from where you are all now what do you do in this panic Theo is going to take a moment uh, to see who follows that way uh, before making his way. Serkin uh, is an enforcer. He's heading straight. He saw where the threat was going. Actually, as he watches the, the person start falling down and people are screaming around him, he just looks towards it and says, For light and love. And starts running towards it. Nice. Wayland? Um, I think, I think that I would be, like, not in a hurry to go see it. Like, I don't have really any affiliation with, like, I guess, like, these guys would be the enemy of my former enemy, right? So, like, I'll, I'll, I'll be curious enough to follow, but I'm not, like, desperately trying to, you know what I mean? Oh, because they are against the Faust Gold Institute? Yeah, and they're not my, those aren't my allies. Like, right. I'm not, like, uh, so, like, I'm definitely would be, like, naturally curious. Uh-huh. But, but, like, I don't, I don't see, like, a direct thing to benefit me other than, like, the potential that it could benefit me. Okay. So, I'm being, I, well, what I'm trying to say is I'm being casual about it. I'm not trying to, like, Got sprint. It. I'm just so following the crowd. As people are, are running in panic and you're just kind of going with the flow, making your way towards that direction. Yeah. Sirkin, you're going straight for. Theo, yeah. you're going straight for? Uh, Theo would be the last one to kind of make his way. Because, again, he's taking note of anybody that would catch interest in that. Because those are people that he needs to be aware of why mm -hmm. they are interested in that. But, yes, he would go okay. relatively quickly to go find out what's going on there. Because you're up at the podium. So, immediately, light guard, like, cover Arold and... Usher them away from the building. I don't think Theo would even duck. I think Theo would kind of stand there as, like, the glass would rain. Because I, I don't know if Theo would be like, ah, yes, this is happening. Theo expected something to pop off today. Mm -hmm. um, and probably smirk as it took place. Okay. Um, oh! Uh, and she's getting, like, caught up being pushed around by people. What are you doing, Kit? How much would Nan weigh? Nan probably weighs, at this point, she's fairly thin, but she's hardy. Um, like, she's... Could I pick her up? Is she a wet sponge? You're taller than she... her, right? <laughs> yeah. Because I'm thinking just, like, putting her on my back and just... Spider monkey? Getting her... her pretty much. Okay, yeah. So she just, she willingly just grips around your neck. Oh. And I, I'm just probably going to run to like an alley or somewhere that there's just not a lot going on, mm -hmm. you know, just to kind of, because I'm not going to carry her all the way home. That would just be ridiculous. Right. So just to kind of get her to safety out of like the running and the stuff like that. So, so yeah, you, you take off towards the nearest alley, which isn't far. You have to kind of push through the crowd. Um, light guard are trying to keep people calm. They're saying, like, remain calm. We will handle the, the situation. Do not run. People are ignoring it. They're running. Um, 
Uh, Al, what are you doing? Um, having some kind of you know prior knowledge that something was gonna happen. Um, I don't think I'm I'm not getting paid to intervene, but that information of what's going on is probably worth something. So I will stealthily try to make my way to see who responds and how they respond. Okay. So, um, Kit, while you duck into an alley, and uh, do you keep your grandma on your back or do you set her down? Probably set her down, let her sit down, um, like her back against a wall, uh-huh. and just kind of like, like crouch near her and like just look around, keep an eye out. And, Gran, you stay here, like, and I guess maybe look out the alleyway, see what else is going on, and I don't know. Okay. I don't know if I would... I, I don't know if there's really anywhere for me to go, or because I'm not going to go running towards trouble. Like Right. Um. So you set your grandma's... Oh, are, are you okay? Are you Are you hurt? I'm fine. I'm fine. And I, I, like, take... Maybe I have, like, a bottle of water, and I hand it to her, and, you know, oh, thank you. give her a hug and just calm her down. Oh. And the rest of you, as you're either tracking where this person went and landed or um, actively sprinting towards them, like Sirkin, as you make your way towards them, you can kind of follow this plume of smoke and Light Guard are also headed that direction. And you're you're running towards and in like a, a side between uh, a restaurant, a little, a little noodle shop, um, you can see where the origin of the smoke is and as you get closer you can you see like next to a trash can there is uh well i'll I'll ask you you see where the origin is um do you Mm. go towards it or sprint straight for the circus goal is to get there before anybody else okay you definitely make it and you run up and you see sparking just these boots um, no individual is there, but as you look closer at it, um, actually, go ahead and roll me a, I, I, I'll argue crafting or perception, depending on which you prefer, just to I'm kind of understand what this is. Perception. Or I expertise. Have three, four, five. Nice. So as you're kind of figuring out what these are, um, it kind of looks like these ankle uh, attachments that you could place around your feet and with small combustions can basically give you flight as you're running through the air. At least that's what you would you put two and two together. But you just see the boots that were kind of ditched near a dumpster, but no person. Though if you, with that perception, you turn your shoulder, you see somebody that looks like that individual you got a good glimpse of him when he was above you mm-hmm. kind of dip in an alley across the street and turn around a, a building uh i grab the boots and say goddess provides and a sprint after the person awesome um and the rest of you that were trailing this you can you're on his tail just not there as quite as fast and as you're trying to dip away from the light guard and avoid them as well um you see Sirkin 
kind of notice something with the sparking boots and he heads down the alley. Do you follow? Yeah, yeah, I think this is like kind of like a put the hood up kind of moment, like trying to be as inconspicuous as possible at this point. Theo's picking up the pace at this point to make sure he's getting in the grasp of what's going on. Um, so as you're all kind of making your way through alley, maybe from a distance, maybe up in it, um, Sirkin, you're starting to gain on this individual and, um, as you're dipping through kind of this weaving between buildings and behind them and uh, around them, he's running and Kit, down the other side of the alley, you hear like noise. You hear like somebody jumping over cans and running right your way. And with full speed, you see them kind of slam against the building be before you and like make their way towards you. Um, what do you do? Um, Kit's gonna, like, I guess, body block them? Like, because Nan's there. Like, what else is she gonna, like, I'm not gonna have him, like, bulldoze, like, Nan. So I'm just gonna... As they come running, just put my arm up and, like... Alright. Full-on clothesline. Yeah, basically clothesline him. Okay, um, roll physique. Or okay. if, if you want to argue any other skill. I don't... I don't think so. Okay. Alright. Um... One. <laughs> but... I'm but. going to invoke my aspect bite is bigger than the bark. And yeah, can I do that? Yeah, absolutely. Because okay. you may not seem like somebody that could take a full person out. Um, and as they're yeah. coming closer to you, they're they're rather slight in their build as well. They look a little younger. They don't look old. Um, and so they, they're just racing towards you and you get in the way. And they, they think they can push right past you, but they were wrong. And... <laughs> You just clothesline them, and they land smack on their back. And as they do, Sirkin comes around the corner, and followed by maybe Waylon from a distance. And you now you're all surrounding this terrorist on his back, or on her back, in the alley. And I think that's where we're going to end it. Nice. Oh, That's shit. intense, man. Nice, oh, man. like camping. Oh, like what? Like camping. And All right, I'm done. Oh, ah, I'm out of here. Goodbye, guys. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. And that's oh. a tremendous start to a tremendous campaign. You guys, that was awesome. Ooh, that was great, man. Thank you, Bozer. Great yeah. job, man. Thank you. I can't wait. Or, uh, you know, actual character, like, interaction where right. I have to apologize so much. <laughs> that was a slow build. I'm like, how do I get them together? Uh, but all of you, thank you for joining us tonight, uh, whether it was live on Twitch or watching back on YouTube or listening back on podcast. Uh, stick around. This is going to be a crazy world, and it's going to be built while we're flying it. So I'm excited. 
well, I'm really excited for these brand new faces to the table, and and I'm really excited to hang out with the faces we know and love. Um, so until next time, I'm Bozer. Oh God, what's the order? Well, the same like, order we started in. All right. So, so uh, Bozer, so Britt, Brit, Josh, Austin, Lucas. I'm Britt. I'm Josh. I'm Austin. <laughs> I'm here. I'm T. <laughs> and you just keep. Geeking out. Geeking out. Geeking out. Geeking out. Geeking out.